there's potential jail time for illegally streaming content and it's attached to the government's funding bill. Have you ever noticed that Katy Perry and Zoe Deschanel kind of look alike? Katy did, and she definitely used it to her advantage. And we're talking about all the ways Hollywood tried and failed to address the pandemic this year with BuzzFeed News culture writer Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud. The date, December 22nd, 2020. The Time News O'Clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Safford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Zach, we talked about December 21st and all your superpowers, but did you actually go outside and see the planets last night? Sure did not. <laughs> you got me in the first half. <laughs> like, sure did not. I, um, I thought about it. By that time, I was on my couch and very tired, and I had started watching The Social Network for some annoying reason, <laughs> you know, with Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, uh-huh. And I just didn't feel like getting up and seeing the stars because I could view it on Instagram because everyone was posting you, it. You know what? A lot of people were talking about how exhausted they were yesterday. And I, I think we, our bodies were just ready for December 21st, you yeah. know, for these planets. I agree. I think it's totally fair. Okay. But I went outside and I saw it. What's even cooler, like you said, is if you go on Instagram and you can see it from the professional photo that was taken by someone in Australia. Um, and it is, you can see Jupiter and all four of its moons lined up so prettily behind it. And then Saturn right next to it with its ring. Like it's a gorgeous photo. Oh my God, please send this to me. I did not see that. I will. I will send it to you. You know what? That just really affirms the fact that my human eye with all its potential superpowers still could not have seen that. And I needed to wait for the content on Instagram. So I was looking for the right place. I was looking at Instagram to see these things. Mm -hmm, So there mm -hmm, we go. mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? So Congress passed the $900 billion stimulus they'd been arguing over. Great. But they also passed a $2.3 trillion government funding bill. And inside that bill are some interesting add-ons. One of those line items comes from Republican Senator Tom Tillis, who wrote that companies cannot illegally stream content for profit. The text of the bill states there are criminal penalties for operators of commercial sites who, quote, willfully and for purposes of commercial advantage or private financial gain, offer to provide the public a digital transmission service of unauthorized media. The penalties include fines and jail time of up to 10 years. But before everyone freaks out, it's important to note here that individuals who pirate or stream illegally are separate from companies and are not included in that mandate. Meanwhile, President-elect Joe Biden received his first dose of the COVID vaccine and did so publicly. Why publicly? Let's have Biden explain. I'm doing this to demonstrate that People should be prepared when it's available to take the vaccine. There's nothing to worry about. I'm looking forward to the second shot. So is Jill. She's had her shot. By this point, most members of Congress have received the vaccine as a national security measure. If you need an in-depth breakdown of that process, we highly recommend you watch Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram and Twitter videos documenting the entire process. Yeah, that was super educational to watch. And, you know, uh, also it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people on Twitter and, and I get it. It's hard to watch certain Republican officials get this vaccine when they were bashing COVID or saying it wasn't real, et cetera. And they're getting it first. And as AOC explained, it's a precedent that was set in 2016 by the National Security Council to ensure the continuance of governance. So it's like this was going to happen. This is just how it happens. But it's still tough to see. It's tough to see when loved ones are dying 
terrifying because 100%. of reckless officials. 100%. And this, as you're, as you're saying, is government in action. This is how we keep government going. And it's just protocol. But something that is interesting is that the squad is kind of split on this. We've seen Ilhan Omar uh, publicly stating she does not think elected officials should be getting it before first responders, the elderly, etc. Um, and so she's not going with what AOC says, which I think is interesting and actually a good thing because it shows that, you know, this new crop of, of progressive folks in Congress actually are individuals and they think about policy in their own ways and want to think about it in their own, like they're, they're, they're independent people. <laughs> so, you know, they're going to have differences. <laughs> And, you know, it's wild that uh, that is something new. <laughs> I know. It's like, what? You just don't say yes because everyone else said yes? Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Um, so, and then quick note before we get to, like, the goody good stuff is that this new bill, don't freak out yet. Right now, it is individuals. So, if you're on Twitch, it's not coming for you. You're not going to go to jail for 10 years because you use a Taylor Swift song that you weren't supposed to. So, you're good for now. Everyone <laughs> calm down. But it is an interesting precedent. And, again, why are we making this a big deal when we should be giving people more money? to eat. Hmm. So, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Casey, what's going on in the world of entertainment and pop culture? Okay, so if you've ever felt like you're stuck in a rut when it comes to holiday presents and never know quite what to give your partner for the holidays, you are not alone. Apparently, Chrissy Teigen gives John Legend the same two gifts every year, and he loves it. Chrissy gives me really good gifts every year. It's usually a bag that I can carry around for the rest of the year, so I literally put everything that I care about in the bag. You know, laptop, phone, chargers, passport, everything is in that bag, and I carry it with me everywhere I go. So I'm reminded of Chrissy's great taste and generosity throughout the year. She also gets me robes. We're a big robe family. We like to wear robes throughout the house all the time. So she gets me really good gifts that I can use all the time and feel good. So robes and bags. Honestly, who can argue with that? Those are great gifts and I would love them. They are. And Casey, we have learned over the past few months that you and I and Dan, our audio engineer, are all very passionate about robes and buying vintage robes even. That's a new thing for me. And you like to buy very chic, brand new robes um, <laughs> yeah, in how bright colors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great. Robes, robes are just a bougie. I think a bougie thing, no matter what. It's but it's investment in you. I haven't really been a robe person until quarantine, and then I was like, okay, well, I just need comfy things at all times, and this brings me joy. It is mine now. One hundred percent. It's also we can't go to an office or anything and get dressed up that much anymore. So you need like little loungewear that makes you feel chic and put together. <laughs> this is this is my suit jacket. <laughs> This is my new tuxedo, my robe. It's vintage. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so moving on, we're in another story. Katy Perry is finally addressing something that the internet has been talking about for years, which is the fact that she and Zoe Deschanel look eerily alike. Katy cast Zoe in her new music video, Not the End of the World. In the video, aliens abduct Zoe normal after mistaking her for Katie. They talked about the collaboration during an Instagram live during which Katie also revealed she used to pretend to be Zoe in order to get into clubs when she first moved to LA years ago. I had no clout. I had nothing. And sometimes I would pose as you to get like, I saw you. <laughs> no. like, such a goody two shoes. And uh, people kept going like, I saw you out. Like I made eye contact with you. And I was like, no. And then and then everybody kept telling me about this girl, Katie. Katie looks just like you. And I'm like, who is this Katie? And then when I met you, I was so relieved because you're so pretty. And I was like, 
Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry. For a sec, when I met you, I was so relieved because you're so pretty. It's like peak, peak celebrity culture. <laughs> it really is. I also think this is so funny because to think of a time when Zoe Deschanel was more famous than Katy Perry really brings you back to a very specific time. Like, it's like, that's wild to think about. Yes, it makes us remember that 500 Days of Summer was a huge, huge cultural <laughs> moment for people that we've long forgotten in this world. Pa- pair that with Elf, and she was the girl to be. Casey, let's talk. About, I actually do want to rewatch Elf this week. I may, I just may, because we can't go to, like, bars. Usually I spend Christmas, like, bar hopping and going to brunch and stuff. That's not happening, so I think I'm to watch movies and Elf is there because Zoe Deschanel singing that damn song is actually quite catchy. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right, when we come back, we've got Elamine Abdul Mahmoud. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play, and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 2020 has been incredibly hard on all of us. And in this moment, a lot of us sought comfort in movies, TV shows, and new music. But there hasn't been one particular form of pop culture or media that's been able to capture the grief, isolation, and overwhelming feelings we've had throughout this pandemic. How and why did this happen? To sort through it, we are joined by BuzzFeed News culture writer Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud, who wrote the piece in 2020, Pop Culture Failed to Meet the Moment. Good afternoon. Hi. Hello. All right, so you talk about a lot in this piece, but one of the main points is how wrong celebrities got things when they tried to compare their quarantine experience with ours. And of course, it all started with our favorite moment in 2020, the Imagine video. Can you summarize your feelings on that? <laughs> and, and tell uh, us what that video was again. <laughs> okay, I can't, first of all, I guys, I can't stop talking about the Imagine video. It's, it feels like I talk about it once a week or something because Good. it just comes back to haunt my nightmares all the time <laughs> because it's like such a perfect symbol of all these celebrities that you maybe care about, maybe don't. Like, I don't know if you care about comforting words from Will Ferrell. I don't personally. But here's the thing. Like, 
all these celebrities were like, I would like to offer some comfort to the world. And them thinking that by virtue of them being celebrities, that is comfort in and of itself. And so they all get together and they do this Instagram video uh, from Gal Gadot. And like, we have to live with it. It gets stuck in my head sometimes and I get mad about it. There's this guy <laughs> who like did like a really funny, you know, sort of like trying to play along with all their key changes and it's a disaster. It becomes like this perfect symbol of how self-involved celebrity culture is because let us remind ourselves, folks, this was five days into lockdown, my dudes. Like celebrities were losing their minds five days into lockdown. They're like, you know what we need to do is offer comfort to the people. And so I keep coming back to it as like, is there no hero among us? Is, is, there, is there not one person who thought, Maybe this is a bad idea. Mark Ruffalo, were you, what were you thinking? Like, anybody, yeah. what, what was the thought exactly? Like, what was the calculus? Like, whose PR teams were called? Or maybe this was something no PR teams were called in because it's so chaotic that happened. But it also reminds me, I'm glad you bring up that this was five days into the pandemic because after that, this just kept happening. And I'd love for some of your other examples to be talked about because one that comes to mind for me is Madonna in the bathtub. Do you remember this with the rose <laughs> Madonna petals? Madonna in the bathtub yeah. and the rose petals. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, so right. Madonna did this video from her bathtub surrounded by rose petals being like, this, this will also soon be over. And it's like, Madonna. No, it won't. It's going to take a long while for some of us. Also, JLo posted this video of her being served drinks by her son in her backyard. And it is a backyard that is also just like, I don't know, a football field. Like it is so large that when she talks about how, like, I think like the caption on it was something about how they also have to go without um, getting like restaurant service or something. Um, and it's like, my guy, we are not the same. We're not living the same kind of lifestyle. We do, we're, one of us is suffering and the other one is not. And like, even if you made it through the pandemic, okay, and so many of us have, um, the notion that like that's what celebrities have to offer is a comparison point that is like this poor is just so disappointing. It's so disappointing. Ugh. So a big theme you tackle is the idea of distraction. We've used media to distract from how we feel, like binging Tiger King or my absolute new favorite, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. But why did people move towards distraction more than craving realism in pop culture during the pandemic? I mean, I think it sort of started in that really stressful couple of weeks because like I'm, I'm really stuck in the, in the sort of like late March, early April vibes of the pandemic. Like it was a period of time where like you were being asked to do something pretty intense, which is like not meet your friends, not meet your family, but also for a finite period of time. Like for some reason, politicians could pin it to be like, it's going to be two weeks or maybe a month. And then after that, you, you know, things will begin to go back to normal. First of all, they didn't. And my God, they've only gotten worse since then. But uh, I think the broader point was, okay, if we hunker down during this period of time and just not think about the awful thing that's outside, maybe I can get through this. Um, except our isolation got longer and longer and longer and longer. And that just kind of became the normal state of affairs. And I think we kind of lost our will to get out of the distraction zone. You know, like it just became really hard to like get yourself to think about something that was like deeply serious and heavy just because like at the end of the day, after you're done consuming all the news, like, do you really want to turn on more news or like a documentary about how someone's making it through the pandemic? No, like you want to put on, you know, you want to rewatch New Girl. That's what I've been doing. Um, <laughs> or or rewatch an old show that you never saw. Um, and so a lot of us took comfort in that sort of path of, of distraction. And my God, did Real Housewives of Salt Lake City deliver on that front? Oh hey. boy, you're talking to two lovers of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, that definitely speaks to my soul because 
for the first part of the pandemic, I could only watch Survivor. Like, and I've seen Survivor, but that's all I could watch. I could not watch scripted shows. And finally, when I was able to start watching scripted shows again, it was time for the new season. So what I fell into was Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us, which we're talking about COVID. (laughs) Talking about the pandemic, Can you talk about those? Like, how did you feel about those shows? Well, so honestly, like Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us are good examples of shows that were like, okay, but this is what people are living through. And then from the very first episode, they're like, we're going to set this show in the same world that you exist in. Unlike, by the way, The Good Doctor, which we should just briefly <laughs> throw some shade at because they came back and they're like, hey, it's a show about a doctor who's good, I guess. And like, let's set it in the world of the pandemic. And they, within three episodes, the you know, on the fourth episode, they're like, okay, we are done with the storyline. Anyway, back to the regular stuff. No and- more mess. Yeah, it's like, anyway, COVID is all done and cleaned up. Isn't that great? Um, But also, like, I think, like, This Is Us is a good example of a show that you go to to deal with a lot of stuff. Like, it's a a show that people go to cry to and and go to process some emotions to. Um, So it made sense that they would go in that direction. But honestly, like, I don't feel like This Is Us has taken on the burden of, of, of actually being, dealing with, like, isolation, for example, you know what I mean? Like none of those characters have had to deal with some of the same emotions that some of us have had to deal, which is like really long periods of time of being, you know, alone and isolated. And that's, that's really, really hard. So it's having said that it's a big ask to to ask those shows to deal with it, but also like, come on, is there, is there one that was, that is willing to take it on? That'd be nice. Okay. Let's talk about something that's more concise music. Musicians have tried to rise to the occasion and they have quickly released new work. Some people, Taylor Swift have released double work for some reason. (laughs) all getting raw <laughs> well okay here's the thing there are a few artists who have done songs about the pandemic uh, good god you know brad paisley did a song called no i am beer it's it's exactly what it sounds like um it's uh <laughs> it's actually a very funny song that like i assume was a single and then he just rewrote the bridge to say to the farmers and the first responders to the truck drivers shifting gears let me buy you a drink. There's no iron beer. That is, those are the actual fucking lyrics. Get it, get it tattooed on your body. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Sorry, um, keep going. Uh, I mean, listen, sticking with country, Luke Combs put out a song called Six Feet Apart. Like there's been a bunch of artists. Bon Jovi put out a song about the pandemic. And Bono of U2 put out a song about the pandemic. But they all tried to use, first of all, Pitbull tried to put, put out a song about the pandemic about how we're all going to get through this. He is shouting the whole song. Like he's just yelling about how we're going to make it through this in one piece, the whole song. Um, and there's something about all those artists who, what they got wrong was that like, they thought that this was some kind of like massive communal experience to speak to, as opposed to trying to get really precise about like the emotions of isolation, the emotions of being distant from your loved ones. And they almost treated it like a meme. Like it was just so distant, but then you get to someone like Taylor Swift who, you know, didn't write a song about the pandemic, but like she at least used the emotions um, of, of, of kind of being alone, being secluded from people you love, uh, to write not one, but two very good albums. Um, and I don't understand how she has the capacity to do that, but I'm glad that she does because it, it helped a lot of people. It helped a lot of people say, you know, if I'm going to escape to something, this is something that feels real. It feels like sonically it's kind of grounded in the same space that I'm occupying, which is kind of like alone and listening to Bon Iver all the time or listening to the national all the time. So let's live in that place. Um, and I think she nailed it, but she nailed it by like, not specifically talking about it, but just being like, just going to harness some of these emotions to talk about it. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that completely. She has had the strongest two album rollout for a pandemic. <laughs> where like even art <laughs> yes. direction, I look at the the art and I think, oh, I see how this was shot six feet away. Like I get it. I get what you've done here. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. So in your piece, you draw a comparison of this massive traumatic culture shift we're experiencing to the aftermath of 9-11, which we all lived through. And uh, and you describe country singer Alan Jackson's song, Where Were You, as a unifying moment. So what has that song been here for us? Because not only the Alan Jackson one is such a good thing to point to, but I also think a lot about Mariah Carey's Hero when she performed it a few days later as also a unifier. So has have we had that moment yet in your mind? No, no. And I keep looking for that moment. I keep looking for that moment. Um, I keep looking for that moment in award shows. I look for that moment in Saturday Night Live. Like I, I, I look for that moment in, in places where they produce culture that is ostensibly targeted towards all of us. Uh, like, the, like the idea being that like this should capture some attempt at a universal experience. Um, with Alan Jackson, like when he put out that song, next day radio stations were literally pulling the tape from the TV to play the bootleg versions because they were like, this song says something that we need. This, this song says something that is like really meaningful to us. Um, and like, listen, we're 10 months into this, you know, nine months after 9-11, Bruce Springsteen dropped The Rising, which is a whole album that is just about the trauma of 9-11. It's got a bunch of songs that just deal with that. Like, I, I not just The Rising, but like, there's like My City of Ruin is another song that deals with, you know, just like really heavy emotions of what it's like to see your world turn upside down. Um, we haven't, we haven't yet had that moment. We may yet get that moment, but it just feels like y'all have had 10 months. Where are you at? Like it, it, I'm waiting for somebody to come through. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like been a wildly confusing time. So people are like, we don't know what's happening. There's your song, by the way. Um, <laughs> great. But, I love that. Okay, but <laughs> That's you, already bad. <laughs> but so you mentioned this, but do you think we'll eventually get that unifying moment, you know, maybe after a little bit more perspective, but then also when will we be ready to hear it? I mean, that's a good question. Like I, I was thinking about Evermore. Um, I was thinking about like this album and I was like, maybe Taylor could have held it and released it next year. And then I was like, nah, like that's not the music I'm trying to listen to in 2021, bro. Like I, I love it. I really do. I love it. But like, once I get vaccinated, it's going to be Pitbull all the time. <laughs> it's it's going to be, people are going to be in the streets be like, I literally never want to hear an acoustic guitar for a fucking year, which is fair. I think that's totally like reasonable because it's going to be this sort of celebratory moment. So I'm actually kind of afraid that the moment is literally going to pass. Like it's going to pass um, for, for somebody to come through and capture these emotions, before we're on to the next set of emotions. We're on to like, okay, now we've gone through this thing and, and maybe like and that itself is valuable, right? Like there, there might be something there to capture that's useful, but like, what about now? What, if the, what about the hard shit that we went through in 2020? And like, it's kind of hard to finish 2020 and be like, there's no song, there's no TV moment, there's no movie, there's no thing that's like, I can point to that and be like, that is the one thing that you know held us all together in that year except for memes like there are a bunch of memes that um i think will i'll be able to point to and like that was sort of the crux of my piece is that like while there hasn't been these massive pop culture moments um there have been good memes like i feel like in 2020 in 2025 i'm gonna be like remember the mentally i'm here meme like that really captured my vibe of 2020 way better than anything else could not not 
Cardi B and WAP. That wasn't the moment that captured everything for you. I mean, I mean listen, I, you know what? There's something to be said about how WAP was a really good encapsulation of like the horniness of the pandemic. But even having said that, though, it's like it's not speaking directly to it. It's just kind of like dropping at a particularly horny moment, which is it's super valid. And it hints at the reality. But like, come on, man, somebody somebody put a horny pandemic song out there. So to to bring this full circle, I'm going to give you my little theory. I just came up with, we have gotten no culturally significant music or moment because of the imagine video and people are too afraid to be roasted publicly. Yes. I agree. I hundred percent buy that. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. And where should listeners look if they want to find more of your work? Uh, uh, why don't you come to my Twitter? It's at Elamine 88. E-L-A-M-I-N-A-A. Perfect. Thanks, pals. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a fun round of DM 911 with Stephen Lacanti. And remember, we here at News O'Clock are a rogue family, and we implore you to join us. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Ever wonder why luxury hotel mattresses are so dreamy? It's because those hybrid mattresses combine both comfort and support to make you feel like you're sleeping on a cloud. With Dream Cloud, you can get a luxury mattress made with premium materials at half the price of traditional hybrid mattresses. Dream Cloud combines the perfect blend of comfy memory foam and supportive springs. Comfortable sleep is about more than just the mattress you sleep on. And that's why every Dream Cloud also comes with $399 in accessories. Plus get $200 off a 365-night home trial, free shipping and returns, and a forever warranty. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com today. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.